Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this evening's show, we're going to celebrate the birthday of Reginald Forsyth, we'll share what came in the mail the other day, and get bitter over the fact that life's not fair. But don't worry, the show's a lot more upbeat than those last two segment topics might suggest. The past few weeks we've had first-time birthday segments for several composers and artists, and we're going to start off this week's show with another. Last week, May 28th, marked the birth in 1907 in London of pianist, jazz composer, arranger, and bandleader Reginald Forsyth. He began playing piano at age eight and in the late 1920s accompanied American singer Walter Richardson in Australia, after which Forsyth went to the U.S., where he scored D.W. Griffith's film Abraham Lincoln. In 1929 and 30, he recorded six sides as pianist with Paul Howard's Quality Serenaders in California, then moved to Chicago to play with Earl Hines, who adopted Forsyth's song Deep Forest as his band's theme song. From there, it was on to New York to work with Paul Whiteman, and throughout the 30s, Forsyth worked on both sides of the Atlantic. He formed his own band called Reginald Forsyth and his new music, the instrumentation of which was unique in that it contained reeds, including bassoon and piano accordion, but no brass. The group recorded Forsyth's own avant-garde compositions, including Serenade for a Wealthy Widow, Versus for an Unwanted Child, and Volcanic subtitled Eruption for Orchestra, but they were not popular with London's dance crowd, and you'll hear why in a minute. Forsyth put together an American group, which included Benny Goodman and Gene Krupa, and they recorded Four Sides in New York on January 23, 1935. His compositions were also recorded by others, including Louis Armstrong, Burt Lowne, Jack Jackson, and Fats Waller, and he also collaborated with Andy Rizaf, Ted Weems, and Earl Hines. He appears as himself or playing an orchestra leader in several films in 1935 and 36, and plays a nightclub pianist in the 1956 film Stars in Your Eyes. Reginald Forsyth served as a fighter pilot in the Royal Air Force during World War II, after which he worked primarily as a lounge pianist and accompanist. He died December 28, 1958, also in London. Here's the new music of Reginald Forsyth. Thank you. 
Quick, in the Cole Porter song, You're the Top, what is it that rhymes with Fred Astaire? That's right, Camembert. In this case, not the fromage, but the Arthur Young melody played there by Reginald Forsyth and Arthur Young in a piano duo in May of 1935. Now, why would composer Arthur Young, born in 1904, call his composition Camembert? Well, maybe as a nod to another Arthur Young, the Englishman, born in 1741, who wrote about agriculture and campaigned for the rights of agricultural workers, and who wrote about cheesemaking in his book Farmer's Calendar, describing the business necessary to be performed on various kinds of farms during every month in the year. Or maybe Arthur Young, the composer, just happened to like camembert. Anyway, before camembert, we heard the new music of Reginald Forsyth playing Forsyth's tune, Angry Jungle, on October 14, 1933. There you have music performed by Reginald Forsyth, but his music was also played and recorded by others. And here are a couple of examples, beginning with Paul Whiteman and his orchestra. Thank you. 
though the work was heavy, I was happy on the levee. Wanna take my rightful place in that Mississippi basin back home? Why did I roam? Everybody was for me there. All the folks were kind and free there. Used to love to wash my face in that Mississippi basin back home. That's the song I'm singing all day. Why did I ever leave you? Why did I go away? Soon I'm gonna make a beeline. For that only place for me lies. Way across that Mason Dixon, that Mississippi Basin back home. Adrian Rolini, the Casaloma Orchestra, and Louis Armstrong all recorded it, but we heard Reginald Forsyth's Mississippi Basin, performed there by Burt Lown and his Hotel Biltmore Orchestra, on May 18, 1933. The vocal refrain was by Eddie Farley, singing the Andy Rizaf lyrics. And before that, Paul Whiteman and his orchestra and Garden of Weed. What? Yes, Garden of Weed, recorded by Victor in a July 10, 1935 session, Supervised by Ed Kirkaby. I'm Glenn Robison, and you're listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Those of you with whom I am Facebook friends and are interested in my cocktail posts may have seen that I recently made a batch of Meyer lemon bitters with lemons from our backyard tree, and rhubarb bitters with some gorgeous deep red rhubarb I found at a specialty market near the office. In trying to make a topic segment out of this, I was able to come up with just one record, but it's over eight minutes long. Here's the Victor Light Opera Company.
there were some nice melodies in that medley, tunes written by Noel Coward, such as Dear Little Cafe, Call of Life, Ladies of the Town, and Zigener, most of which I'm going to guess you've never heard before. So what does that record have to do with cocktail bitters? Well, those tunes are all from the Broadway operetta Bitter Sweet, which opened at the Ziegfeld Theater on November 5, 1929, and ran for 159 performances. Now, you did hear one tune in there, which I'll bet you recognized, but it wasn't written by Noel Coward, and that was Tarara Boomdie. Credited to Henry J. Sayers, the vaudeville and music hall song was first heard in Boston in his 1891 review, Tuxedo. The following year, Lottie Collins sang it in London music halls, and since then it's been heard in numerous other versions, and with many different lyrics, including as the theme song to the children's television program Howdy Doody which ran from 1947 to 1960. I used to watch that show, which opened like this. It's Howdy Doody time, it's Howdy Doody time. Smith and Howdy Do, say Howdy Do to you. Let's give a rousing cheer, cause Howdy Doody's here. It's time to start the show, so kids, let's go! Truth be told, as a kid, I much preferred Engineer Bill and Sheriff John to Buffalo Bob and Howdy Doody. Most of the other versions of Ta-Ra-Ra-Boom-Dee are parodies, camp songs, risque songs, or silly children's songs, with lyrics about the teacher being dead or some such, but there is a legitimate commercially recorded jazz version that fits neatly into the parameters of this show. Here's Gene Krupa and his orchestra. Thank you. 
November 13, 1938, Gene Krupa and his orchestra and their swingin' version of Tarara Boomdie. When that title is spelled out, it usually has hyphens between each of the syllables, with Boomdie spelled B-O-O-M hyphen D-E hyphen A-Y. On the label of Brunswick 8296, however, it's spelled Boomder E. B-O-O-M hyphen D-E-R hyphen E. Why, I don't know, but on the British Parlophone release, it's spelled normally. Would you believe there's yet another vintage Tarara Boomdie record? This one doesn't have that title, but it does make reference to it. So look out, here comes Fatima. Here comes Fatima with her Tara Boomdie. That was the California Ramblers on Columbia 800D on October 25, 1926. The vocal was credited to Frank Harris, a pseudonym for Irving Kaufman. Remarkably, a couple of weeks earlier on October 8th, Irving's brother Jack also recorded Here Comes Fatima for Columbia with the Broadway Bellhops, a Sam Lennon pseudonym, which was issued on their budget label Harmony. The Melody Sheiks was another Sam Lennon group recording for OK, and they too recorded Here Comes Fatima, just four days before the Ramblers, with Billy Jones singing the Lou Brown lyrics to Cliff Friend's tune. The line Go and Hide the White Rock, Put the Food Away, 
refers to White Rock beverages, such as seltzers, mixers, and sodas. The White Rock Products Corporation was founded in 1871 by pharmacist H.M. Culver in Waukesha, Wisconsin, near the White Rock Natural Spring. Local Indians and settlers believed the water had medicinal qualities, and by 1876, the company was bottling the water and distributing it across the country. And you can still buy White Rock beverages today, and for more than 120 years, the beautiful Greco-Roman goddess of the soul, Psyche, has been the logo for the company. Last week was a great week because Rivermont Records released not one, not two, but three, count them, three fantastic CDs. On Revival Ragtime, my friend Adam Swanson plays 20 masterpieces of the post-1950 Ragtime Revival, including two of his own compositions. On his second CD for Rivermont, titled Dream Shadows, William McNally performs classically influenced ragtime works by William Albright, William Bolcom, Igor Stravinsky, yes, Stravinsky, David Fürzig, and William McNally. The third CD is the second of the planned four-CD complete recordings of Irving Aronson and his commanders. This disc, titled Wobbly Walk, covers the years 1928 to 1932 and features 20 tracks, including two ultra-rare complete short film soundtracks. The accompanying 32-page booklet is by Aronson Authority, fellow vintage music radio host, and my friend Randy Scredvet. Head over to rivermontrecords.com right after the show and save $6 when you buy all three. Now, if all of that hasn't convinced you to do so, this track from the Irving Aronson CD should. Thank you. 
If I had three wishes, you know what I'd do. I'd use all those wishes in wishing for you. One's not enough to make sure with. Three, I should feel more secure with. Like birds of a feather, my wishes would go. I'd join them together, but I want to know. If you had three wishes, do you think there would be just one of those wishes, or two of those wishes, or three of those wishes for me? Two-act musical review Padlocks of 1927 opened at the Schubert Theater on July 5, 1927 and ran until September 24th. 
If you were in the audience for one of its 95 performances, you would have heard that song, If I Had a Lover, composed by Henry Tobias with the words by Ballard MacDonald and Billy Rose. We heard it performed by Nat Shilkert and the Victor Orchestra two days after the show's opening on July 7, 1927, with the vocal by Franklin Bauer. Before that, Ray Starita and his Ambassadors Band with the vocal refrain by Maurice Elwin on If I Had Three Wishes, written by Desmond Carter and Vivian Ellis. That recording was made January 20, 1931. We started off with a track from the brand new Rivermount Records release, Irving Aronson and his Commanders with If I Had You, from February 6, 1929. Scrappy Lambert was credited on the label of Victor 21867 as Bert Lauren because at the time he was under contract to Ben Burney and couldn't use his real name. That track and 19 others with equally great music are on that CD now available at rivermontrecords.com. And don't forget to check out the Adam Swanson and William McNally CDs and the entire Rivermont catalog. Have a particular song or artist you'd like to hear on Rapidly Rotating Records? Well, you can send your requests and your comments about the show by email to glenn at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or send cards or letters to Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. That's glenn, G-L-E-N-N, at rapidlyrotatingrecords.com or Post Office Box 145, Claremont, California, 91711. You've no doubt heard it said that life's not fair. That sentiment was reinforced as I was going through a 1935 copy of Radio Mirror magazine and came across an ad for the sheet music to the Richard Himber song, It Isn't Fair. Well, fair or not, here's Dick Himber and his Essex House Orchestra with It Isn't Fair. If it's just for today 
be fair and square in love like a finger and a glove close together we'll From lovers lane Show the world a thing or two What two hearts can really do You for me and me British band leader Carol Gibbons led a group called Carol Gibbons and His Boyfriends, but in late 1933 and early 1934, Carol Gibbons and Johnny Green made a couple dozen duo piano recordings credited to Carol Gibbons and John W. Green piano duo and their boyfriends. 
We heard I Want a Fair and Square Man, written by Harry Woods, recorded in London on November 15, 1933. Now, there are a lot of them, but you'd think that by this time I would have played every Fats Waller record there is. But no, before Carol Gibbons and Johnny Green, it was Fats Waller and his rhythm, with Fair and Square being heard on the show for the first time. Fair and Square was written by Andy Rizaf and Queenie Ada Rubin, whom we heard about a few weeks ago, and was recorded July 1, 1938, in a session that produced six issued sides. We started off with Dick Himber and his Essex House Orchestra with a Dick Himber original, It Isn't Fair. Joey Nash was the vocalist on that August 7, 1933, Vocalion 78. I'm Glenn Robison, and you've been listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. Thank you.